Hello and welcome to Learning More with the Core, your community health core podcast. My name is Keely Hancock and I'm a current social work intern with Community Health Corps, East Texas's local mental health authority. Today I have the pleasure of speaking with our Yes Waiver and Program Manager, Jeannie Jackson. Ms. Jackson is an East Texas native and a Stephen F. Austin alumni where she attained her Bachelor's of Social Work. She has been with Community Health Corps for three years and was recently promoted from RAT Facilitator to Program Manager in June. So please enjoy Miss Jeannie Jackson. Hello, Miss Keeley. Thanks for having me. Thank you for coming on. I know not everybody is down for a podcast. <laughs> I am not going to say that I'm nervous. <laughs> it's going to be great. It's going to be great. But, you know, as an intern, I haven't had the pleasure of going over to your program, so I might have more questions for you than others. Okay. But I hope you're down to dig in. First off, can you can you tell me what Yes Waiver, what all that is? Okay, so the foundation of our, our program is wraparound. Mm -hmm. So essentially we work with the most intensive case kiddos and families and we wrap them in services. So the goal of our program is to keep the kiddo in the family. Okay to qualify they have to be at risk of losing placement so maybe cps is involved okay. or family like maybe parents or guardians caregivers are just at the end of their rope and they're just ready to give up okay and so maybe they're at the point where they're ready to relinquish rights yeah. maybe juvenile justice is involved um just things like that yeah. and so that when they come to us Sometimes it's hard to get the families to buy in mm -hmm. for the simple fact that they're at the end of their rope. It's a last feel, resort. It's a last resort. Yeah. Um, and so that's the biggest thing is, is they need to be at risk of losing placement. So the base of the program is we wrap them in services. We try to find as many resources to help these families and the goal is to keep the child in the home. Yeah. So with yes waiver that's the medicaid waiver part of the program mm -hmm. and that pays for like additional services it pays for like equestrian therapy oh. it pays for art therapy it pays for music therapy it pays for respite it pays for home modifications it pays for all these different things okay. for these families if they meet that medicaid waiver part Okay. And see, I'm taking a creative approach to social work class right now and that we're actually talking about like art therapy, music therapy and things mm -hmm. like that. How often are y'all using those resources? Since COVID. No, COVID. <laughs> oh, COVID. Lover. Lover so much. Yes. Since COVID, it has been more difficult yeah. getting, just finding providers of those services. Mm -hmm. Right now, we're very limited at the additional services that we have that we can provide to our families. Mm -hmm. So we do have equestrian therapy um, located in Marshall okay. that is contracted with us here at Community Health Corps. And then we have an art therapist that contracts with us. But when COVID hit, she actually moved to South Carolina. Oh, wow. So <laughs> she provides art therapy via televideo. Okay. Okay, um, okay. And so we do have some that still partake in that, but if the client doesn't really connect yeah. via televideo or if that's not something that works for them, mm -hmm. then it's not really 
an option. Yeah. You know, so that's kind of been the biggest thing. So if anybody out there. Yeah, if you're <laughs> listening, we need some art therapists. We need art therapists. We need music therapists. Yeah. We need more equestrian therapies, like options that are spread over the nine counties that we serve. Yeah. Um, you know, where it's more feasible for the population that we serve. That's true. And when you were talking about the wraparound programs, what I learned about wraparound programs in school is like you're pulling not only family, but teachers, but church members. So it would be any person, any person that has a significant role in that child's life. So maybe it is like a coach at the school that has really like impacted that child. Maybe it's a preacher or a youth minister, a favorite aunt or uncle, a cousin, a neighbor up the street, a babysitter. And then of course, if there's any other people involved like CPS or probation or anything like that. CASA or anything. Correct. Then they're a part of the team. And then what happens is we all come to the table Mm -hmm. once a month and we create a plan for this child and family on How are we all going to work together? Mm. What is each person's role? What can we do to help this family and to help this child and to keep this child in the home? So each person has a strategy and each person has a role. Mm -hmm. And then we meet together every 30 days and we hold one another accountable. Whoa. Yes. That's pretty So there's no secrets in rap. I mean, that's a huge thing. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and that's the biggest thing I think for families that really buy in because a lot of times these kids feel as though they're being singled out, you know, Mm, it's their fault. They feel attacked. But when you all come to the table and you all sit down and it's okay, mom, this is your responsibility. This is Mm -hmm. your job. This is your strategy. This is what you're responsible for, for the next 30 days. Dad or caregiver or aunt or uncle or teacher coach, neighbor what at best friend whatever it is like yeah. everybody has a job everybody has a role yeah and then you come back in 30 days and it's like this was your job did you do it uh. and everyone is held accountable not just that child and so there's like it's not just it's all it's all little johnny's fault yeah you know because little johnny has bad behaviors and little johnny throws fits mm. or little johnny's aggressive or whatever the situation may be it's what did mom do what did the neighbor do you know is everyone being responsible for their part and is it channeled from like a strength-based perspective yes absolutely so we're not going to sit down and just talk about like what little johnny does that's wrong yeah we're going to sit down and we're going to talk what's the goal of the family what does the family want to reach like At the end of the day, when you have completed this program, which is 12 to 18 months is our, you know, that's our goal. Mm -hmm. Now, if the family is continuing to make progress, Mm -hmm. they can be in it for longer. Okay. Okay, Um, great. Now, if they're stagnant or they're not Mm -hmm. participating or whatever, then that's a different situation. But it's generally 12 to 18 months. Okay. Now, if they're participating, they're doing whatever. So it's, what what do you want to reach? And so they set a family goal and it's a family vision. And it starts with, my family will be better when, and they complete that sentence. And then everything built in the plan is to reach that goal. So we build need statements and strategies and objectives to reach that. And at the end of this 12 to 18 months, 
have we met this main goal? Okay. And so everything is strength-based. Like, what does mom like to do? How does she get through the hard times? Yeah. You know, everything is strength-based. We focus on the strengths. We peel back the onion and find out what are the underlying needs. Mm -hmm. Why is little Johnny aggressive? You know, why does little Johnny take everything out on mom? Or why, you know. When did this start and why is it continuing? Exactly. And then we focus on his strengths and we focus on mom's strengths and we focus on little brother's strengths and we focus on the strengths of the neighbor like what can the neighbor do to help this family you know maybe the neighbor maybe little johnny loves basketball Mm. and the neighbor is a great friend and the neighbor has a basketball court and the neighbor wants little johnny and brother to come and play basketball in her yard yeah like if johnny's having a hard time one day a coping skill could be well i'm gonna run over and just get some energy out yeah yes that's so powerful like that's so powerful and bringing the community it's like a village it takes a village it takes a village and when you have a family that comes in and they really buy into the program Mm -hmm. they have to have a team they have to it's when you're having a hard day who do you call you're gonna call somebody (laughs) and so it's like who do you call and a lot of people are like well i don't want anybody to know my business yeah or i don't want to be a burden i don't want to be a burden but if that person was going through a hard time, would you want them to call on you? Yeah. People need people. People need people. And that's so great because I feel like so, here lately, everybody's so individualized. And so hearing that this program mm-hmm. exists is amazing. And I kind of wish, because I interviewed in intensive services for adults, I kind of wish they had something like this, mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. Why stop with kids, you know? But that's another episode. <laughs> <laughs> It's a podcast for another time. Another time, another time. But what so, is the typical age that y'all see? So technically, the program says that we serve 3 to 17. Okay. Uh, or Well, 3 to 18. If they're enrolled before their 18th birthday mm-hmm. in Yes Waiver. So we have LOC 4, mm-hmm. and then we have LOC Yes. Ooh, pause. What does the acronym YES stand for? Because folks do not know it. Youth Empowerment Services. So it's all about empowering the youth. Like, they need to feel that they've been empowered. Yeah. Okay. And so, in the family, like, it's empowering the family as a whole. Yeah. So, at the end of the day, we want to make that family be most successful like their own version of successful like everyone right. has it's, their own they run the level shots. of success yes and it's voice and choice and um so when we're creating a plan we have those giant sticky notes that go on the wall right mm-hmm. and we're just writing on it and we like make all these suggestions and all this but the family can veto anything that is suggested okay it's what the family chooses and what the family feels as though they are capable of doing okay like person-centered it is absolutely Mm person-centered and so we're just there to help guide the family Mm -hmm. towards in the right direction and to help them but at the end of the day essentially they hold out all the power yeah because we can build the perfect plan on paper but if they don't go home and implement that no changes are going to be made Mm -mm. yeah that's one of the hardest things I could, I would think about working with children or youth is, is that you can teach the child something, but if their support, if their family doesn't go along with it, then, I mean, you're yeah. not going to get much out of it. 100%. Ugh. 
And that's the other part of it. The families that come in, they get what they put into it. Mm -hmm. So it's a 100% success rate for the families that come in and work the program. Yeah. Okay. And that was my next question, you know, is there a universal success rate? But no, obviously it's who's going to work it and who's not, Mm -hmm. you know. So, and it's 100% voluntary. The YES waiver program cannot be it cannot be court ordered mm-hmm. it cannot be mandated nothing like that like it is a hundred percent voluntary but the court or cps can refer they it. can refer okay like yes they can recommend they can refer but mm-hmm. it cannot be mandated okay so this sounds like a pretty amazing program no doubt about it but if you could change anything like are there any gaps in the care provided that you can think of um I would just say just for our area and it being like us being in a rural Mm -hmm. place, just the lack of resources. Yeah. I mean, just across the board, the lack of resources. You know, it would be great if we could offer these kids all these additional therapies that the Medicaid Mm -hmm. Yes Waiver pays for. Yeah. They're just not available in our area. Okay, so specifically more creative approaches to therapy. Because mm-hmm. not everybody gets through it with talk therapy. Correct. That's not how they can express themselves. Mm-hmm. Okay, I hear that. And, you know, part of that with, like, the Medicaid, like the Yes Waiver part, you know, we offer um, CLS, which is Community Living Support. Now, that is something that RAP facilitators, um, it's a dual role that we hold. Mm-hmm. So it's skills training that we can provide in like we provide it in the community so either in the school in the home we can take the um, client to the park or something like that and work on different skills with them and that is part of that yes waiver huh and so that is an additional thing um if there's anyone listening (laughs) that has a bachelor's degree in social work or psychology just wait till may that is looking (laughs) for a job in working with children in the mental health field, go to communityhealthcore.org. <laughs> they are looking. The <laughs> <laughs> Yes Waiver is hiring. So, um, And I don't think a lot of people, because I know a lot of social workers in my class, they're like, CPS, I want to work for CPS, because mm-hmm. they don't know a lot of the other places they can work with a bachelor's in psychology or social work. Mm-hmm. I mean, so, yeah, spread the word, y'all, please. Yes, absolutely, because, um, and that's the other part, you know, right now we're, um, you know, which I feel like there's a staffing issue across. Everywhere. Yes. For I sure. mean, it's not just us, but there's additional skills that we would be able to provide this once community. those, once those positions are filled. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, since we were talking about social work, you know, y'all, I'm a social work intern. I say it every time. When you started, or let's say this, when you graduated with your bachelor's in social Mm -hmm. work, what was your idea coming in and what has changed since then? I love to ask people that. Oh, my So when you were green right out of college, like, oh, I'm ready to change the world. Um, To now. (laughs) I guess, like. When I graduated, which I got my degree, and I was a little bit older than you, Um, and so I 
didn't know at the time mm -hmm. that I wanted to work in mental health. Yeah. Okay. And so I went out. I really felt like I wanted to work in foster care and adoption. Yeah. Um, I did some internships in foster care and adoption. Um, so I went out and just applied and, you know, interviewed everywhere. And I remember interviewing at Community Health Corps. And when I left the interview, I was like, holy Mac. <laughs> like, this is an option? <laughs> I did not know a place like this existed. In East Texas. Yeah. In East Texas. Like, w they do so much for the community. Oh, yeah. There's so many programs there. There's so much room for growth mm -hmm. in me as a person. Yeah. I mean, not only just growth within like the company or, yeah, you know, professionally, but just like I could really see myself like they're growing as a person. Yeah. And myself here, like, I don't know, just myself when I first graduated and you're just like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna change the world with this fancy diploma in my hand, you know, to now. And it's, for me now, I don't look at it as I want to change the world. Mm -hmm. I look at it as if I can help one person, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. like for me, I don't look at it so big anymore. Yeah because I see what we see every day mm -hmm. on the daily. It's like, if I can make a difference in one person's life today, all those years of school mm -hmm. and all those thousands of dollars, it's totally worth it. Yeah. And so, I don't know. And I think that is what makes me look forward to going to work every day. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it keeps it exciting for me. Yeah. Because I just, I want to help that one person. Yeah. You know? And so, hope that it becomes a domino effect. Yes, because that one person, then that one person can help one person. Yeah, and, and so, so forth and, and so forth. So, yeah, like, yes, when I graduated, I was like, I'm going to change the world. <laughs> and that was my, when I graduated, my intention was I want to work for CPS. I want to move up. I want to change policy. Mm -hmm. Like, Policy was my huge thing. Like yeah. my policy classes, like that was like Slapped. I I want to I want to change policy. Yeah. Like there there are problems. Yeah. <laughs> That's and, where I'm at right now. <laughs> yeah. And since then, it's just it's changed for me. Like, is there? Yeah, there are still some there's still problems. There's still problems, <laughs> but they're always gonna be there. Yeah. For me now, it's that one person. Yeah. You know, change making a difference for that one person is so much bigger wow see that's amazing you went from micro or you went from macro to micro and i went from micro now i want macro mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's wild how that can change just by where you're at yeah oh miss Jeannie, thank you so much yes, so so fun. much i feel educated i hope everybody who's <laughs> listening does as well well, and I hope that, you know, y'all learned something today about our program. Um, if you know anyone out there that needs services, definitely send them to Community Health Corps. Mm -hmm. You know, we look forward to helping them all from, yeah. you know, we have programs that help from birth to... Till death, till, honestly, till yeah. Death. And um, I think it's great. I think that, you know 
Community Health Corps has a great mission, you know, a great heart for helping people. And now being in management and seeing the other side of it, I mean, I love that too. I'm not ready to give up seeing clients, <laughs> you know. I mean, I, I love that and I will continue to see clients for as long as I can. <laughs> so it was great chatting with you today. Yes, ma'am. Well, thank y'all for listening.